Deck the halls, okay? Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. I mean, doesn't that just make you want to smile right now? Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Don we now our gay apparel. Fa-la-la-la-la-la. Thank you, okay. You're, I'm just checking to make sure you're awake. And then the last line of this stanza says this, Troll the ancient yuletide carol, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Now that word troll, I, hadn't, I had never noticed that word troll before. Now it's not talking about something that hides in a cave, all right, like from Lord of the Rings or something like that. It, it actually is, it's a word that says to sing in a full rolling voice, to chant merrily or jovially. How many of you knew that's what that word meant? I didn't think so. And uh, then we have the song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings, when friends come to call, it's the hap happiest season of all. I mean, these are just a couple of examples of the songs that we sing during this season. Sounds pretty fun, doesn't it? Sounds happy and joyful. And uh, this season of joy started even before Jesus was born. Even before Jesus was born, he was bringing joy to people. If you remember, Mary, his mother, went to visit Elizabeth, who was uh, pregnant with John the Baptist at the time. And, and it says that when I, in Luke 4, excuse me, 144, it says this, when I heard your greeting, this is Elizabeth speaking, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. He wasn't even born yet. He was bringing joy. And what about the announcement to the shepherds? In Luke chapter 2, Starting with verse 8, it says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And then we have the three wise men. Now, again, if you know the story well, the wise men did not come to where Jesus was born, right? They came maybe a year or two after he was born. But even still, uh, Matthew writes this about their experience in Matthew chapter 2. After this, the interview... After the interview, the wise men went their way. They were, they were talking to King Herod, and they were kind of filling him in on, you know, this new king was being born, and he was like, whoa, what's that about? I'm the king, right? And so after that encounter, it says this, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with what? Joy. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, 
frankincense, and myrrh. Now, again, Jesus was probably about two years old or close to that age when they met him because of what we see in verse 16 of that same chapter. Uh, The point is this, even before Jesus was born, and then since the time he was born, he has brought joy to others. These are just some of the ways that the people responded before Jesus was born, after he was born, and when the people met Jesus, they responded with joy, praise, and worship to God. Now, I know, I know, some of you are very special too. And when you were born, the earth kind of stood still for a moment or two, right? I'm not so sure about that. But when Jesus was born, there was something that happened, wasn't there? The earth may not have stood still, but there were certainly things that were happening in the heavenlies, wasn't there? All because of a little baby boy being born. And again, because of his birth, we get a special holiday that's coming up here, and that's why we celebrate. We celebrate because of his birth. It's not about Santa Claus or anything like that. It's about the birth of Jesus. We get a day off. I mean, even Walmart, I think, shuts down for a few hours on Christmas Day. That's how special Jesus is. Seriously, though, it is because Jesus came to this earth to be born of a virgin, to live like you and I, that we can have this special season, that we can celebrate Christmas. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, which really, again, Thanksgiving is about worshiping God for bringing us to this land and giving us the freedom to worship Him without interference, right? That's really what Thanksgiving is about, even though the stores don't understand that. And Christmas is about celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus. So within about a month of each, about a month time, we thank God for being able to worship Him in freedom, and we thank Him for His Son that He gave to us. This is the best time of the year, right? How many of you have been listening to Christmas songs at least the last six months? Caitlin, I know you have. It's a special time of year. Over the span of about one month, again, we have this opportunity to thank God, to worship Him for so much. If that is true, if this truly is the best time of the year, then why is it also the most dreaded time of the year for some people? How can the most wonderful time of the year and the season to be jolly be a time when some people wish it would just go away forever? One answer, and the answer I'm going to talk about today, is loss. We lose things. We lose people. There are many different ways that we can experience loss in this life. And I know, Pastor Brad, come on, it's supposed to be a happy message, because we're talking about Jesus and Christmas, right? I'm getting there. I'll get there, okay? But there are many different ways that we can experience loss in this life, and I'm only going to be able to cover a few of them. So if I don't cover the one that you are experiencing right now, don't leave and say, oh, I am so glad he didn't mention that one. 
There are many things that we can lose, many different ways we can experience loss in this life. And I am praying and I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you the particular loss that you may be experiencing right now that you aren't even aware of. You may not even be fully aware that that is a loss that you are dealing with. But not only that, I am praying and believing that the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, is going to show you how you can turn that loss into hope. Because that really is the reason for this season, isn't it? Hope. Because that is the kind of God we serve. So, what are some of the losses that we can experience? Well, the one that is probably on everyone's mind and is probably the most prominent one is the loss of a loved one. It's probably the one that most people think about when they hear the word loss. It's the most obvious and it it can be maybe the most painful of loss. We don't like to lose things, let alone loved ones, do we? Another one is the loss of a relationship. We can lose out on relationships, can't we? Maybe there was an offense that was done to us, which then resulted in a strained relationship and then the loss of that relationship. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. Either way, it is still a loss that we have experienced because normally we would have interaction with those individuals this time of year, wouldn't we? But now you can't because they're gone or because you don't have that relationship with them anymore. And it hurts. There's pain. And it doesn't look like reconciliation is anywhere near. The next thing we can lose or experience as a loss is a dream. Or what could have been in our lives. Maybe you had dreams for yourself. Maybe you had dreams for a child. Maybe those dreams have been dashed to pieces for whatever reason and the feelings that you are experiencing because of that loss of those dreams or, or that what could have been is very heavy on you. And you don't believe that you'll ever dream again. You don't believe that whatever you had planned will ever come to fruition or that anything good could ever happen. Sometimes we can experience loss of a sense of joy. Sometimes that can be because of depression. Sometimes it it comes from anxiety or anxiousness. Sometimes even like seasonal affective disorder, something like that can lessen the joy or even take away the joy that we normally would be experiencing this time of year. These can all affect how we think and how we feel and how we interact with other people. And it can be very debilitating. There could be a loss of a job. 
For whatever reason, you may have lost a job and, and maybe you're working temp jobs or, or other jobs just to try to make ends meet because you lost something. That loss can then lead on to another loss, a loss of income. Perhaps there's been something in that has affected your income, maybe because of a loss of a job or some other reason, and it hurts. It's a loss. And at this time of the year, during this season, it can be even more noticed by us because we want to bless our family, right? We want to give them a good Christmas, but the funds just aren't there. And so we have a loss. Again, these are just some of the losses that we can experience in life. And believe it or not, you can actually mourn these losses. You can grieve for these losses, not just for a, par- not just for a, a person, but these other things, we can grieve for them as well. Just like we would mourn and grieve for the loss of that loved one. These things and others can weigh us down and they can make this season, the season of joy, the season of happiness, almost unbearable. But there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. These are things that we can do. There are some things, I should say, that we can do to help. But ultimately, Christ is our helper. Christ is our hope. But I want to share with you just a few things that we can actually do to help with some of these issues that I just mentioned. The Mayo Clinic posted this on their website. Some things, again, that we can do to deal with stress or depression that can happen, not just during this season, but at any time, but particularly during this season. What can we do? Well, number one, we can acknowledge our feelings. Don't deny them. Acknowledge that they're there. Acknowledge that it is a real thing that you are experiencing. If someone close to you has recently died or or you can't be with loved ones for some reason, realize that's a normal feeling that you are having. It's okay. Don't deny it. It's okay to take time to cry or to express your feelings. And also, please understand, you don't have to force yourself to be happy. You don't have to do that. I would also add this. Don't try to avoid thinking about those loved ones. When you remember your loved one, those who have gone ahead of you, who are now in the presence of Christ, don't shy away from those memories. Don't shy away from those. Embrace them. Instead, think about those good times. Think about those good experiences you had with them in this life. Think about what God has done and will continue to do in your life because that person was a part of you at some point in time. Maybe even set aside a special time during this season where you or your family can reminisce about that person to remember them and honor them. I, I really believe If you do that, some healing will take place when we do that.
Secondly, we need to reach out. If you, if you feel lonely or isolated, seek out community. Seek to be with other people. Don't isolate. Volunteering your time could be a part of that as well. It's amazing what happens when we give of ourselves. When we step out of our comfort zone and we get involved and allow God to use us, somehow we just don't feel so lonely. Thirdly, be realistic. The holidays don't have to be perfect and they don't have to uh, have to be like last year or all the years before. As families change and grow, traditions and rituals can change with them. Choose to hold on to a few and maybe be open to creating some new ones. For example, if, you, if your adult children, if you're an older parent, if your adult children don't live with you or around you and you can't get together for the holidays, figure out a different way. You know, Skype with them or FaceTime or whatever. Send a video Figure out another way that you can interact with them. Fourthly, set aside any differences. This is dealing with those that we have been offended by. Try to accept family members and friends as they are, even if they don't live up to your expectations. Set aside grievances until a more appropriate time when they can be dealt with. And be understanding of others when they get upset during this season because they could also be experiencing some of the same stresses that you are. I would add this. If you were the one who was hurt, if you were the one who was offended, if you have not already done so, forgive. You need to forgive and let it go. I think all of us, or most of us, are probably familiar with Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. If you, this is Jesus speaking, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. We need to forgive. Don't hold on to that. Don't hold on to that unforgiveness. Don't hold on to that offense. Let it go. The fifth thing that they mentioned was about money, sticking to a budget. If there are issues in your finances, if, you, if, if, if finances are tight, don't go overboard. Don't spend what you don't have. Decide what you're going to spend and stick to it. Be good stewards of what God has given you. Number six, plan ahead. Set aside specific days to do things like shopping or baking or gift wrapping, whatever it is. Have a plan so that you don't become overwhelmed with everything that's happening. Number seven, learn to say no. We have a hard time saying no, don't we? Especially this time of year. But it's okay. It's okay to say no. Number eight, don't abandon healthy habits. Don't let the holidays become a free-for-all. All those cookies and pies and all that good stuff. Be aware of what you're eating. Number nine, take a breather. Make some time for yourself. Even just 15 minutes a day of you spending time 
on your own can help because of all the stresses that are going on. And number 10, the last one they say is seek professional help if you need it. If it's necessary, if you really need to do that, don't be afraid to reach out and get the help that you need. Don't let the holidays, don't let this season of your life become something that you dread. It can be so easy. Instead, we can need to take steps to prevent the stress, to prevent depression that can descend during this time because of, again, the different losses that we can experience in this life. With a little planning, with some positive thinking, you can find peace and joy during this holiday season, even in the midst of loss. Again, those are just some of the suggestions that they give. However, they are not the ultimate answer for us today. They're good. They're needed sometimes, but they're not the ultimate thing that's going to bring hope into us. That ultimate hope is only going to come through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is our only hope. If you were at the, uh, the Reason concert on Friday, you may remember you know, they brought out some different gifts, some different things that people try to say will bring them peace, will bring them joy, will bring them hope for the season. And none of them would do it, would they? There's only one person that can bring us hope. There's only one person who can bring us true joy into our lives, and that is Jesus. In Matthew chapter 12, starting with verse 15, it says this, talking about Jesus. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. This is what Isaiah wrote. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And here's the, the last line. And his name will be the hope of all the world. His name will be the hope of all the world. In Romans chapter 5, it says this, starting with verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing His glory, God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. 
See, it doesn't really matter what you're going through right now. It doesn't really matter what is happening in you or around you. You can still have hope. You can still have joy in your life. You can still see Jesus in you. We have hope because of him. And we can be confident of that hope. We don't deserve what God has done for us in giving us his son as a sacrifice for us. God did so simply because of his great love for us. We couldn't do anything to deserve this, could we? We can't buy it. We can't earn it with good works. We can't do anything. He does it simply because of his love for us. And God loves you and he loves me so much that he was willing to die for us in our place. In Romans 15, verses 12 and 13, it says this, and in another place, Isaiah said, the heir to David's throne will come and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. That's you and me. We're the Gentiles he's talking about. Verse 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Not joy and peace because of your circumstances, but joy and peace because you trust in Him no matter what. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. But notice, we have to do something first before we will overflow. We have to trust Him. God is our source of hope. You and I cannot create hope for ourselves. We cannot create hope for anybody else. Only God can do that. It goes on and says that God is the one who can fill us completely with joy and peace because we trust in Him. I would say this, to you today, if you are lacking in some joy in your life right now, if you are lacking in some peace in your life right now, you better check where your trust is. You better check where you are placing your hope. Because the Bible says that if we will trust him, he will give us peace and joy and hope. When you put your faith and trust in God, like you should, like I should, that verse goes on to say, he will overflow in us. His hope, his peace, his joy will overflow in us. I better not use that as an example. But you've, you've had things overflow before, right? <laughs> Sometimes it's not a pretty picture. But you get the idea, it's out of our control. 
wait a minute, Pastor Brad. So you're saying that if I trust God, if I, if I really trust him, that his peace and his joy will overflow in my life beyond my control. I didn't say that. God's word says that. God's word says that if we will trust him, he will overflow in us with these things through the power of his Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, starting with verse 12, says this, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. But here's the part I want to concentrate on. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Why am I talking about death and resurrection when we're talking about Christmas? Christmas is great. The birth of Christ is great. But I hope you understand we would not be celebrating the birth of Christ if there was no death and resurrection of Christ. If there was no death and resurrection of Christ, we would not be here in this place today, period, let alone during this holiday season. I could go on and on sharing even more scriptures that talk about the hope that we can have in Christ in this life and in the next. The joy that we can have now and will have in that next life because of our hope in Christ. Jesus gives us hope no matter what. Again, it doesn't matter what circumstance we find ourselves in. It doesn't matter what situation we may be experiencing right now. We can still have hope. For this life and the next. Jesus has overcome all the things we just talked about. It started with his birth, continued with his life, his death, and then ultimately his resurrection. Jesus is the giver of salvation and eternal life. Jesus is the restorer of relationships. Jesus is the healer of our emotions the way we think and feel. Jesus is our provider for a job, for an income. Jesus is the giver of dreams and the restorer of dreams. Are you kind of getting a picture here? Jesus is our hope in the midst of loss. 
Again, whatever we may be experiencing or what we may have experienced in the past, it really does not matter because we have hope in Christ. Don't allow those situations and those circumstances to overshadow what you have with Jesus. That is what Satan would love for you to do. He would love for you to focus in on that loss instead of focusing on Jesus. He would love for you to do that because he knows, Satan knows, that when we trust in God, when we trust in Christ, he has no power over us. And those losses that we have experienced, they have no power over us anymore. Now, they're still there. They haven't gone away. They're still there. But they don't have the control over us that they used to if we trust Christ. I started this message with some songs that we typically sing during this holiday season. I want to end with a different song. You may have heard it on the radio. It's called Remember uh, by Passion. I'm not, not going to sing it, but I, I'm going to read the words to you, and I want you to watch and read them on the screen with me. My heart hangs on every word that you speak. I need you, Lord, come find me. Holy Spirit, breathe. I've been walking through deserts. I need more of your presence. I'm weak. Savior, be my strength. Down in the valley when waters rise, I'm still believing hope is alive. All through the struggle and darkest day, I'll remember the empty grave. Your touch bringing me closer, your hand healing what's broken. My prayer, Father, meet me here. My life for all of your glory, your grace, let it surround me. Let faith change the atmosphere. Hallelujah, death is done. All of hell is overcome. Jesus, you are alive. Hallelujah, death is done. All of hell is overcome. Oh, my Jesus, you are alive. The empty grave. I'll remember, yes, I'll remember the empty grave. If that grave wasn't empty, we would have no hope. We would have no hope. Doesn't matter how great this season is, how wonderful, how joyous this season is, if our hope, if our faith, if our trust is not in Christ, it doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. Again, I know we don't talk about the empty grave around Christmas time, but there would be no Christmas time without the empty grave. I want you today to understand that the loss or losses that you have experienced in your life do not have to have the power over you they once did. If you will allow Jesus to break through and allow, if you will put your faith and your trust in him completely, you can have hope no matter what, no matter what.
we can have hope in all situations, all circumstances, because of the empty grave. Lana, would you please come to the piano? We have hope no matter what we are going through because Jesus is there with us, going through it with us. I should qualify that statement by adding, if we trust Him. If we trust Him. If you haven't done so already, you can put your trust in Him today. It's never too late. As long as you have breath to breathe, it is never too late to put your faith and your trust in God. It's never too late. Whatever you are going through, whatever you have gone through, Jesus is there with you if your trust is in Him. He never leaves us. He never abandons us. He is always there. Would you stand with me this morning, please? He is your hope. He is your hope. If everyone just close your eyes for a moment, please. Jesus is the reason for the season. That's a cliche, but it's truth. <laughs> we hear it, we see it, but it's the truth. Jesus is the reason for the season. If you're here today and you have not made Jesus your hope, if you have not invited him into your life today, you can. It's a choice. Nobody can make you do it. It's something you have to choose to do on your own. If you're here this morning and you would like for me to pray with you a prayer to invite Christ into your life, would you just simply lift up your hand so I can see it, please? Jesus is our hope. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm going to pray this prayer, and if you would like to accept Christ into your life, I want you to pray it with me. Maybe you're here this morning and you want to make a, a recommitment to Christ. You, you realize you've allowed your circumstances, you've allowed your situations to kind of overshadow who Jesus is. And you want to recommit your life to him this morning. I want to encourage you to say that prayer, this prayer as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus and I ask you to forgive me for allowing other things to take your place in my life come into my life Lord Jesus forgive me help me to make you Lord to make you number one in my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. For the rest of us, 
Maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed today. Maybe it's a circumstance, maybe it's a situation that happened years, even decades ago. And God has brought it to your memory today because he wants you to deal with it. He wants to heal you. He wants to break the power that that thing has had on your life for who knows how long. Maybe you're here today and you just realize, you know what? I haven't made this season about who it really should be about. I haven't made this about Jesus. And you just want to spend some time praying and, and, and seeking Him and maybe even ask her for forgiveness. I want to encourage you to do that today. If you're here this morning and you would like me to pray with you about something, I'll be more than happy to do that. I'll be right down here, down front. I'm going to pray a closing prayer, but if you want to come forward to pray for whatever reason, we want to encourage you to do that. Don't, don't feel like you have to run off. If you like prayer, again, I'd be more than happy to pray with you. But please, trust Christ. Trust Christ, no matter what's going on and what has gone on. Trust Him. Heavenly Father, again, I am thankful for your word today, and I am thankful for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for speaking to hearts today. I believe that you have revealed some things to us as we were listening, things that we need to deal with in our lives. Maybe it's simply just putting a greater measure of trust in you and not allowing our situations or our circumstances to, to have the control that they have. Let us, help us give you more control. Bring healing, Lord Jesus, to feelings, emotions, relationships, because you are the healer of all things. I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.